Hi guys, thank you very much for uh, clicking to uh, listen to this podcast. But before you do, just a little few trigger warnings for you. We do discuss uh, some eating disorders and we do discuss mental health. So if those are sensitive topics for you right now, proceed with caution or come back and listen another time. Thank you very much and hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome, welcome, guys, to another Off-White pod brought to you by the Off-White Boys. I'm David, hardest host, darker than most, and you know who's with me, as always, the boy Vic, the most gas guy who never tells lies. How are you doing, mate? Brilliant. Not bad at all. Uh, Happy to get into another interesting conversation with our guest today, if you want to introduce him, Dave. Yeah, this week is going to be a big week, I feel. Our guest, we've known for quite a while, a good high school friend. She's gone up and gone up, gone on and done big things with her Instagram. She's got, I think, 14k followers from what, I was, uh, from what I've seen. It is, I'm, I think I'm okay to say your full name because that's what it is on Insta. So I'm going to say <laughs> Annie <laughs> Will Smith. How are you Welcome. Doing? Welcome. I <laughs> just involved <laughs> back. <laughs> I can't help it. I already feel involved. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's it's nice to feel like we're in the classroom again. Exactly. New- yeah. So for everyone that doesn't that probably doesn't know my get my reference, me and Vic went to school together and so did Annie Wade Smith. So Annie, welcome to the pod. It's it's become a tradition. The first person we had on the pod. Uh, was Luke last week? We asked him the question. No, he wasn't Luke. Sorry, Tunde. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tunde. Uh, we asked Tunde, and then the second person was Luke. So now it's your turn. So for our listeners, Annie, would you like to just explain to them your heritage first? What do you identify? My heritage. Where are you from? I'm white British, and I'm from Yorkshire. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. So. Given that you are white British from Yorkshire, and this is the question that's coming up, you can have a few seconds to uh, collect your thoughts once you hear it. Um, uh, if you could pick any culture, any uh, part of the world, any population of people to be from apart from your own, what would you pick and why? Oh, okay. This is a lot. This is a lot. Well, I've been, to, I've been to a few. I'm lucky. I've been to a few places, and I've really, you know, got got myself involved. Mm. um but right now the way I'm feeling in lockdown I would love to be like living my life in Trinidad everyone's so nice and like I went to carnival and the music was amazing it's just colors everywhere so I want want to be right there right now so (laughs) no that's a uh, that's a solid answer it makes sense I, I like it I like it so uh, for anyone who's not um, obviously familiar with your page and what you do, do you want to give them a, a quick rundown on the point of your page, how it started, um, like what kind of stuff you're posting? Um, yeah, so um, the town that, that we're all from is a small town and there's quite strong like beauty standards there. So like growing up, um, there was a lot of girls in our year, for example, that were struggling with eating or um, just hating the way they looked. And that kind of continued into adulthood. Um, and I, I was always a bit different. I was always like more chubby and I'm ginger as well. So I just looked a bit different. And um, I started accepting that and feeling confident. And I started posting a little bit on Instagram and I just started getting loads of messages yeah. and people were saying that, you know, it's like helped me or 
my boyfriend seen me in a dress for the first time i've been dating for five years people yeah. would say i've worn a bikini on holiday for the first time it's because of you so it just kind of snowballed i was like wow <laughs> like, if me just posting a picture yeah. it's gonna change it's gonna like change things for other people then i just keep going and it's just grown and grown from there yeah that is that's amazing uh happy to hear yeah. you know you're growing the confidence yourself and you're doing good for other people that uh, engage with your content um i was waiting to for the point to tell you this so obviously you've got your you've got your page i literally saw your page again recently in the last year when one of my uni mates uh what's her name because she didn't know that i was gonna even discuss this she shared one of your posts on her story and I saw the name and I was like, I'm sure, surely that's not the same person. <laughs> I click on it and it's you. And I went, I went to uni in Nottingham, obviously, and she's from London. So you, you've, you've literally blown your national now. So I just thought, <laughs> say well done on that. Uh, that yeah, was big. that is, that so is impressive. It is. I was going to, I think the first place we'll start is then, you already touched on it yourself. Um, you talk about yourself first, if, if you don't mind. So when you say you you gained in confidence in, you know, accepting your differences, was it, mm-hmm. how badly would you say you were affected f- from them in the first place? Like, was it, did it take you a lot? Were you always a bit confident? You got a bit more confident? Or you, well, was it actually, you know, a bit debilita- debilitating to your, like, day-to-day? Um, so for me, like, I, because literally from young i was told that like both ginger and fat is ugly and bad mm. it meant that i just i kind of accepted that yeah. and so i focused on other things so like i was quite involved in in like stuff at school like choir or like i was in plays or and i had i had friends that didn't care about my outer appearance as well mm. and so those things gave me really strong like internal confidence and values in who i was yeah um, and then I think it just got to a certain age where, you know, I still didn't think I looked anything nice on the outside, but something, I think I just started to realise that people, people all look different, especially at uni. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I met I met much more like diverse people and people that were aspiring to be different things, uh, people that are insecure about various things, like some people were insecure because they couldn't put on weight some people yeah. were insecure because they had like a flat bum some people were insecure because they had acne it was like meeting all those different people actually made me realize we're all insecure about different things and why like so I just started being like do you know what I'm gonna own I'm gonna own what I look yeah, so, like and yeah from there I've really not like I've not looked back mm. I like the way I look so yeah, yeah. So with your page, would you say um, it was more of a natural, at what point, actually, no, yeah, at what point did you, you know, start say, start thinking, oh, I'm actually, like, making a difference? It's not just your personal account, like, you're kind of, like, building a bit of a following, if that makes sense. Um, I, I've always kind of gone with the thing, and, like, anyone listening as well, like, it doesn't really matter how many followers you've got. At the end of the day, if you want a platform, you've got a platform. People are following you. People are reading your captions or looking at your story, <clears throat> listening to you if you speak or whatever. And it, I kind of figured, I realised it, it doesn't matter the size of my platform. People are responding here. And like, yeah. I kind of, it's that cheesy kind of line, but like if it changes, 
like how one person feels about themselves well that's that's worth it um and it was really only posting so it wasn't loads of effort um so it was when I started just getting messages from people really and um quite emotional messages as well it it was like okay right I'll keep going because that's worth it is that what is that what drives you Annie is that like because you mentioned um just before we start recording your line of work and everything um which essentially is just helping people in a lesser quote-unquote situation than the majority of people so is that what drives you the the kind of want to help people is that is that what your driver um yeah so um my job is working with young people I work in mental health and my degree is in psychology as well so I'm definitely someone who's kind of like about people, about understanding behavior. And um, I agree, I I believe that everyone deserves the same like opportunities in life. And if you've passed trauma or if you've got low self-esteem, there's things you can do to work on that so that you still have a good life quality. I just think everyone deserves the same footing. Mm. So I I feel like I'm, I'm, I carry a lot of different privileges, but one of my privileges as well is, is having had um negative life experiences I know that's a weird thing to say it's a privilege yeah, but yeah. for me that's a privilege because I've been through it I have that understanding and I'm resilient because of it so it means that yeah. I'm able to give to other people um and work with young people that are experiencing really difficult things and yeah be there for them yeah. um yeah. yeah so so the stuff I do through Instagram is is kind of a similar thing um it's not it's not in any way like a mother Teresa thing or like a savior complex it's just um wanting to empower others and like I'm I'm a part of that journey too you know I'm not not perfect yeah yeah no that's that that is that's really nice to hear and it sounds like even with your your education from you know your psychology uh, degree and then your job everything that you like stand for what you're interested in all amalgamates into one so that must be very useful for you so given where you stand I'm going to go straight in with this question um obviously I imagine you might have seen um Good Morning uh, Britain and you saw uh, Piers Morgan uh, who had quite an opinion on, you know, opinions on many things, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, on um, uh, the whole, you know, plus size body um, body positivity movement. Where, right. where before me even asking any questions, what what did you think on that? Have you seen it? I've seen it, but yeah, you know, yeah. with Chris Morgan, I kind of like I just let it go, so I kind of yeah, forget. Yeah. I forget yeah. exactly what it is, but. Um, I'm guessing it was on the lines of um, it's unhealthy and it's making other people put on weight and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that? yeah, yeah, it was like that. So what would you what would you say to to someone who had those views on the um, on the plus size uh, movement? Um, well, so um, a big sort of issue um, in it's, it's in certain cultures. It's definitely in the culture we have in the UK. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fat phobia. Um, and fat phobia is a fear of fat people it's a fear of becoming fat it's just this inherent fear of fat Mm. Um, and even like some people hearing the word now are going to be a bit like oh she's saying fat like is that okay and it's okay to say fat it's just a descriptor Um, but we've made it we've like demonized it Um, and people in the body positivity movement what they're trying to strive for is just respect for all bodies yeah. um the same healthcare 
opinions as other body types would have. Um, you know, they're striving for, you know, body equality and body acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, nobody is saying you need a change, you need to be bigger, nothing like that. Yeah, um, yeah. People kind of, I think when people are afraid of certain movements, they um, make their own assumptions and they read fake news as well. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, because of the fat phobia, there yeah. has been fake news, there has been stuff about, I mean, I get messages all the time, like someone commented on my picture earlier saying, oh, this is, none of this is true. Someone recently died of a heart attack because of the body positivity movement and she was 30. And I was like, that's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> like, where did you get that? Yeah. Um, obviously just blocked him, but um, yeah, Piers is, Piers, I mean, he's an interesting person because he, he just wants to have um, debates and he wants to make yeah. good TV. He's kind of a bit more yeah. of a caricature or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he wants to say things that are going to create discussion, which he did, but negative, yeah. very negative, hateful discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't said yeah. in a conductive way, was it? No. No. So then, um, literally last month, I had to do one of our appraisals and uh, look on how we can, you know, get engagement from uh, patients with long term health conditions. And on the whole topic, then, obviously, uh, overweight obesity is, you know, one of the lead causes for like comorbidities just in general. So based on that, and there was one stat that really surprised me because when I was preparing it, it said that 60% of the UK is on the CPPE website. So anyone can check the stats, no fake news here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 60% of UK, UK adults are clinically overweight. So would you say there's any, do you think body positivity and you know health necessarily necessarily agree on what the outcome of body, body body positivity is trying to achieve because for me i would say this i'm 100 for everyone being um what's it called comfortable in their own skin but if you someone told you oh I'm this size, but I actually want to lose weight, but I'm more comfortable in my skin. Does that, does, does, is that fine? Or is it like body positivity? I'm asking this genuinely as in, is those body positivity, like I'm happy as I am and I just want to stay this size. Like what, like, what is it? And I don't know if I sound ignorant from that comment, no, but like, honestly, that's, that's what is it? Yeah. And I don't mind you asking that at all. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really obviously personal and some people um you know i think i know of i know of people who have accepted their body but then they've gone on some sort of weight loss journey or they've naturally lost weight or something's happened and you know and then you know it's this whole new thing of accepting this new body um that they've got or they feel you know if if their platform is about um, embracing who they are they might feel ashamed to change yeah, but yeah. a big part of so so basically I don't use the phrase body positivity for what I do um, just as a little like side note no problem. Um, the, the body positivity movement was um, started by fat black femmes back in the time where the fat acceptance movement was whitewashed and it was still quite racist so um, it's a movement um 
and it's still quite a whitewashed movement. If you search the hashtag, you'll see like mostly size 12, 14 um, white women who are able-bodied just like bending over a bit to get a role. So um, throughout this podcast, I'll be using more like body acceptance as, okay. a, as, okay. as a, my definition. Because okay. um, I too, when I started, I didn't know that background and I actually genuinely thought I was fat. So yeah. I, I thought, oh, this is the movement for me. Mm. And as I learned more and more, I realized that, well, I'm able-bodied. I can still buy from certain shops. I can still, you know, walk through the streets and no one's going to shout things at me. So I, I have quite a lot of body privilege still. Um, so sorry, then, sorry, no, sorry to interrupt you there. Don't yeah. want uh, to uh, you to lose your thought. But so you say able-bodied. Is there a distinguish a, a, a difference between? Obviously, I know the difference, but what's the mm-hmm. what does that mean in in the um, what what did you call the movement now? I've forgotten it already. Like the body acceptance. Body world. acceptance. Able-bodied. Yeah. So from for yeah. So um, by able-bodied, um, I mean I don't have a stoma bag or I don't have a disability or yeah. hearing impairments, those kind of things. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue your thought. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, do stop me whenever I say a term. I just think it's normal. And you're yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got, got to expand. Um, but yeah, so going back to your sort of original question um, of how it syncs up with health, again, it goes back to the kind of like... Um, this image that your body is directly correlate your physical body type shall i say is directly like like result correlated with your health and so this is kind of what we're kind of trying to break down and educate educate people with as well is um someone could be really um underweight and eating bad food every day and um smoking loads or doing loads of drugs at the weekend and no one's going to tell them i'm concerned about your health but when uh, a fat woman who does exercise every day eats a really balanced diet posts a picture on instagram everyone's commenting i'm concerned about your weight you're doing this you're promoting obesity to exist in a fat body you're not promoting obesity first of all Mm. but then in terms of um health (laughs) as well sometimes people's uh, size is because of health conditions like if yep. you have polycystic um ovary syndrome you might be bigger yep. um or you might have a physical disability that means that you, you are just going to put on more weight um there's I, I if i haven't explained it in a super medical way sorry david but no no no, um, no that's completely fine so I, w- I would about say separating it, it basically no, yeah. I would I would say what you said there that really resonated with me there was the fact you did say that where you're like, and it's true because if someone came into the pharmacy, I'm just going to relate it to what I know, so apologies for that. But if someone did come into a pharmacy, told me they were drinking um, 20 units every night, they were smoking so many cigs each day, I would feel like I had less of a right to say anything to them compared to if I thought someone was like overweight or obese. And Mm -hmm. as you said, it's literally the way we perceive things to be acceptable. And you literally saying it there, I'm just like that. Actually, yeah, you're right. Why, why I should either treat both the same or, or not say anything to 
either way. So yeah, no, that is that is a big point, and I definitely that I've, that's I'll definitely take that forward. Uh, basically, I'm going to say it to everyone now because that's where that's that's my role as a healthcare professional, obviously. But so, what would you say about someone who wanted to join the movement but wasn't necessarily quote unquote, you know? was no was quote unquote you know had the acceptable body by you know social media standards peer standards and they'd be like oh you can't join this like what what have you got why why are you feeling you know uncomfortable with your body or whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah so this is where it kind of like breaks down into different segments and it's quite complicated so i'll try my best to explain it in a in a simple way that won't take me two hours um so um obviously i've explained the background of like the body positivity movement um then next you might have like fat acceptance or body acceptance um which would be you know more about like accepting the body that you have um and working on your body image um a lot of people struggle with body dysmorphia so um growing i definitely struggled with body dysmorphia just because of how much people wanted to look a certain way in and the environment I'm up in. I, 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 right. know, I know what it is, but just for Yeah, go, go. Body dysmorphia um, it is a term to describe basically when you perceive yourself to be um, big. Is it big? Is it bigger and smaller or just. You perceive different? your, yeah, you perceive your, your body to be different to what it is. So yeah, it, it can manifest yeah. in either way. So someone can look at themselves in the mirror and think, oh, or it could be like, it could even be like someone who goes to the gym all the time, who's clearly yeah. wedge could be like, oh, I look so small. I need to go and do more pushups. It could be someone who's completely fine in size. Look at them, they're bare skinny. Or it could be someone who's completely, who's quite big, who thinks they're small. So, yeah. Is that an actual condition then? Like the doctor would say you have body dysmorphia, etc., etc. More like a sim- more- symptom, and right, yeah, yeah. okay. It, and it's I, it's a symptom of a lot of other health issues. Oh, right. Men- Does it lean more mental- toward like a mental health issue that would be like the lie with the person, and then body dysmorphia is like a symptom of maybe that? Or I'll let, I'll let the psychologist answer. <laughs> Yeah, so body dysmorphia is really common in a variety of eating disorders. And okay. I also um, feel that um, it's also much more common just generally as well. Like yeah. people genuinely um, are good undiagnosed. Um, they're not meeting thresholds to say, right, you know, according to the DSM, you're not going to, you don't have an eating disorder. But sorry, I got too complex. Go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's basically it's it's an eating disorder. Um, sim- what's the word? Symptom. Not symptom. What's the word? Syndrome. Syndrome. No, what's the word for like? Not even syndrome. I don't mean syndrome. Like um, condition. Oh yeah, maybe it's symptom. It's like a like a like a something that leads to that like this is like they have this so then this is like one of the things that they would have to describe this is that what is that what you mean so symptom yeah maybe there's another word but i just can't find it in my brain right now so i'll just say okay. symptom. Yeah. um no worries my question was answered so thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what i was going to yeah, ask before I as well though, unless you want to finish your answer as well yeah go ahead 
I'm just going to add from that to the previous um, thing we were talking about about health is um, a lot of eating disorders go undiagnosed because somebody's um, bigger, but on the inside, they are still having body dysmorphia. They are still starving themselves. Um, and that's still a serious issue, but it's overlooked because they're not skinny enough. Mm. Um, that's, that's... Who's at fault for that then? Who, who's, who is it? That, would it be a doctor or like, is it the parents for someone or is it themselves? Like who, who can help overcome the, that as an issue? Because it seems like because someone is quote unquote fat or whatever you want to call it, then people would overlook them and be like, well, it's your own fault or you haven't got, you can't have an eating disorder or whatever because you are fat. Like how would that become, how would they resolve that? Who's responsible? Um, so, I mean, nobody's really responsible. It's, um, you know, there's a variety of reasons why people um, have those kind of issues, um, whether it is, you know, the environment they grew up in or it's, actually just something innate inside of them that's that's there um because it's also like eating disorders are very interlinked with other things like bipolar disorder um or depression um so it's quite a tricky thing to like dismantle right there but um i i work in a more person-centered field um i think a real a whole person approach is the best way to any sort of mental health um issue like you know, the medical side of it, but then also the person-centred side of it, you know, looking at the whole person, um, what are their friendships like? Um, what are they doing for their own self-esteem? What's their yeah. home life like? How are they being spoken to at home? Um, quite often, like, young children that start binge eating and stuff, they might be either told they can't, they, they might be told they're fat and they're not allowed anything, or there might be loads of food left around and they're stressed or they're anxious, so they do it. So there's just loads of things involved. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. No. Um, and uh, sorry, another thing I was going to ask as well was touching on the stuff we were talking about before in terms of the body positivity movement. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and how you kind of felt like that was whitewashed and things like that. Kind of, I kind of feel as though, and feminism as well, that companies and stuff they kind of uh, take advantage of these. The, what is meant to be at the beginning called more of a positive thing um, and they kind of uh, capitalize it monetize it and it kind of dilutes the actual message it's supposed to what I think is supposed to come across right so is that happening in you know in your field essentially and like what do you think that people can do to like overcome that like see okay that's something that is negative and that's something that I want to believe in what what do you think about that? Uh, yeah totally I mean companies are gonna always capitalize off movements that are meant for people and not for like monetary value yeah. um, and you do see you know each word each year there'll be buzzwords I mean and it's kind of like for me there's po there's positives even though they're not sincere so like for example a couple of years ago you'd have never seen mental health on tv adverts mm. and then mental health was the buzzword and that year we saw mental health on bank adverts. We saw mental health on like Sainsbury's adverts. We probably saw it on Christmas adverts. Yeah. And yeah, okay, they were all monetizing off mental health, which is, you know, it's pretty corrupt. But at the same time, it was destigmatizing mental health. It was getting people to have conversations while they were sat on their yeah. sofa at dinner time. It was getting people to open up about, you know, like male depression and stuff. So it's kind of like there's positives that come out of it, even yeah. if their original like you know reason for it was not great yeah, so yeah. I, I like to see that we can we can 
capitalize in our own way off what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. It's like a win-win essentially, right? The company I suppose gets what they want, but at the same time, at least people, which is the point, are becoming more aware of it. So yeah, I think mental health is the biggest one in the last like few years, I would say, where when we were at school, for example, I don't think anyone, no teachers, there was no like PSHC, no one really spoke about mental health. It was more like drug abuse and alcohol abuse and all these different things. No one was actually like, are you okay at home? Is everything all right? I think that could have helped a long way in our school anyway, especially in a sense, because um, it was like pressures, because it was like grammar school, whatever, whatever. So that, that would have helped, I think. And one thing that surprised me, Annie, that he said was, he said that a lot of girls were going through like how they felt about in a negative way their own bodies and stuff i personally i don't know about you dave i never even knew that was a thing and to say that we what we went to school with these people with what five and seven years we never knew that was a thing like that definitely should have been like something that came up in at least an assembly or something that we could talk about you know david did did you notice anything like that um I would say no, again, yeah, I'd say I agree, I'd agree with um, Vic. I suppose you had the odd person that people, you know, there's always little murmurs about. It's like, oh, she's bare skinny or whatever, you know. Oh, And I feel like we had a lot of, um, to be honest, I'd say uh, uh, there was a lot of, you know, boys boys chat with you know i think the way i uh, went about the quote-unquote attractive group and stuff so i can imagine how that was feeding to potentially the environment if you're already feeling a bit you know not the most confident and then you've mm-hmm. got all the rugby boys like trying to you know chat certain girls and you've got all this so that alone, I could see how it how, where it stemmed from, but I wouldn't say firsthand I I noticed it. Or what, what would you have to say mm. about Annie? It's interesting because yeah, in our year group especially, there was a really high rate of uh, different mental health issues and different. And I don't know if it's because I was the person everyone would open up to. Mm. I don't I don't know, but I just uh, was very aware of that um, going on. Um, and yeah I think that's this is the thing because people don't talk about it from a young age then you know we do get to that Um, in teen years you know boys can be really mean and girls can be really mean but boys are much more like vocal and laddie and they'll make jokes in the corridor and stuff and they have no idea how that's impacting uh, the people that are hearing it so like I can still remember things boys said to me now and it's been how many years but it's like it's some there's something really annoying about brains anyway is that we can hear a thousand positive things about ourselves but the thing we remember is the negative thing someone said and I really wish it didn't work that way but that's just how it seems to work so um you know some of those things that literally a guy might have said to you in year nine in a classroom some girls are still holding on to and believing it and yeah. that just seems, it seems like no way, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that is, I can definitely, from like the training and the awareness I've got from my career and my uni degree, obviously I can, I've gained a further um, appreciation for like the impact, like just words or comments can have on people's day-to-day life or even the long-term life, as you said, um, from what they remember. And even looking back, 
as myself you're like oh geez I, I don't know how what I've said to someone that might still be resonating them to this day yeah. but on that topic then I mean where would you say that uh, boys fit with the whole you know body accepting acceptance movement and stuff like I'd say I don't want to be I don't want to say it as in this uh, it's the main reason but I feel like a lot of the causes in those early ages obviously you want to be appealing you want to be attracted to boys so how what can boys do to be you know sensitive to you know the, uh, their generation of girls basically that question was not articulated well at all but do you get what yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull out <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. um so so first of all there's like the kind of reasons why teenage girls might put their self-worth and their value on what boys are thinking and that's because we're told that's what our value is yeah. um, and that doesn't really work the other way around and this is part of the issue um, and this is why body image affects more girls than boys um, and I'm going to get onto that because it's not just a girl thing obviously. So yeah that was a really interesting point you raised there so um, would you say that you what can what do you reckon can be done for in an educational sense to help you know try and prepare or you know prevent these kind of treatments for you know boys and girls in school um so like we were saying before that pshc wasn't brilliant when we were at school and and i will say that P, i do work in schools quite often and i will say pshc is is improving um oh, since the pandemic though it's something that has been put to one side because the focus is on like the core subjects yeah. um and for me pshca the kind of topics that you should be covering which is things from you know like actually healthy sex education to um mental health those things for me are very a core they should be core subjects because they're so important for your yeah. life mm. you know like how to look after yourself for me feels more important than like what's x squared or whatever yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, familiar what it is anyway yeah. um so my like my dream would be for pshc to have a full like revamp um and for it to just be brilliant um but on that note in terms of how we education can change things um i actually went back to our old school and did um, a series of workshops for year sevens and eights mm, um wow. on mental health um, self-harm and also body image um, and it, it's amazing working with that peer group because they actually they actually know so much if they just have a minute to think about it yeah. um, and you really just see them reflecting and being like oh like I should stop thinking that or I should stop doing that because actually that's going to hurt someone yeah. um, we have all those anti-bullying assemblies and stuff but they don't work because yeah. people don't identify with the word bully mm. they don't like I know that all three of us in some time in our life will have done something that would actually be labelled as bully if you put it on paper. But yeah, we didn't yeah. think it was bully. bullying. We thought, oh, it's banter. Or we thought, oh, it's just what you say to your mates. It, mm. it was never something that, okay, this is actually really hurtful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think what we were saying before with like boys and girls and how they interact, um, girls get to kind of, their early teen years and they start developing and that's when they become aware of how women are represented in the media which quite often is the focus is their bodies 
Mm. So like if you pick up a magazine, it's uh, who's got a banging body and who's put on weight and lost lost their way sort of thing. And mm. that's kind of message was always in our minds. And it was like the popular people are the ones that are rewarded and they're usually the ones who have a more, um, have a image that fits the beauty standards. Or we're told maybe the girls that have that body have more likes on Instagram or Facebook as it was in our times. Um, So we see those things, that message reinforced that if you fit that uh, body type or face type or that ethnicity, you are going to be rewarded in life. If you think of films, um, most of the time, the loser is the, the loser. I'm doing the uh, inverted commas thing with my fingers, everyone listening. Yeah. Um, mm. It's like the person who's like got glasses or braces or acne or they're fat. They're the ones that are going to lose in life. Yeah. And the beautiful ones are the ones who get married or get a job. They're successful. So we start to correlate our bodies with success. Yeah. I'm getting to my point. Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> and then, I'm enjoying so, the road. Yeah. So, yeah, this is hella educational. <laughs> so then it it means that when you get to that age and you're very aware that your image is your success, or that's what you've been told, yeah. um, you maybe start to care more about your image than other things. So like I said before, I cared about things like, you know, being on the school council and doing library and you know and they were great things for my internal self because they were important they built me up I wasn't thinking about my body that much because I just decided well I'm ugly anyway so I'm in a different league I'm doing my own thing (laughs) which you know I'm quite grateful for in some ways um so when then you know uh what I don't want to say oh gosh we've got so many names in our year I'm trying to think of a fake name but then when Ben (laughs) in year nine says to you oh you you know you've got nice boobs, but you're fat, um, you know, or like some of the boys used to say, oh, that girl, I'd bag her, which yeah. is a horrific thing to say if you think yeah. about it now, like if you deep just, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that the boys and I have said that a lot. Mm. Um, it's things like that that just, they go into you and you say, I oh, think I'm not successful now. I don't deserve good things. So it's actually really deep. But yeah, we just yeah. don't understand. So if we got taught that in school, we just won't say those things. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Do then, you think? It, sorry, Grandev. So <laughs> would you then say? Obviously, um, school plays a massive role in that. But even from what you've just said now, as obviously I imagine, whenever if you want to, uh, if you ever had children, or whatever, you try and uh, raise them to be you know respectful of everyone. And hearing this again, exactly one of those teaching points I'll try and pass on to my kids in the future would you say then it's also um, a social issue like with family and you know who, who how they're raised would you say more more responsibility lies on the parents or would you or would you prefer it to be uh, taught in schools um, absolutely I think it's both you know you yeah. grow you know you only start school at whatever age yeah. and you're aware of who you are and your self-value before school age mm. and your parents are the ones who support you throughout um so like for me my my family always struggled a little bit with their weight like we've always eaten very healthily but we just always were bigger mm. and I was told that from a young age are you always going to struggle with your weight or you probably need to lose a bit of weight or maybe we should all go on a family diet so yeah. those messages were going around at home um my mum meant no harm to me she yeah. never 
you know she just it's just seen as so normal to do that yeah um yeah. so and they need those like healthy positive messages from home and from school and from yeah. you know public platforms as well yeah i i think for following on from both your points it should be taught it should be sorry looked at or um is the same as if you want to do well in a math test that you've got coming up home if you know if your parents know that you might not be as good as math they might sit down with you they might try and help you like get the questions right that you're getting wrong all these different things why wouldn't that be the same for being body positive or trying to work on your mental health and that should come from both school and um and home as well because in indian culture uh from back in the day uh it must be really hard for women because there's such like a a strong kind of uh, what's the word strong influence I guess put on um, women should be thin as they're more likely to get married so that's like a huge thing in like Indian culture um, whereas it's just it shouldn't be like that and it shouldn't be taught that that's like if anything quote unquote old-fashioned way of thinking and people need to be way nicer I think when it comes to that and it, it's important that it comes from yes yeah, school as well but definitely at home to, to reinforce it and, and to, to help people get through that yeah. definitely and I'm I'm glad you, you brought that up as well because I think some people view um this this kind of like um body image issue or whatever as a, a western a western thing and it is yeah. like every it's so interesting every single culture you go to even if it is literally a town they will have their own body standard mm. and their own beauty standard if you look through time the kind of body or the kind of face that we've wanted in in one culture has changed every 10 years yeah. i mean even just look at the eyebrows if you go back a few years on someone's social media, you'll see eyebrows have changed. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. people then all of a sudden wanted to look like Kylie Jenner and they wanted to be skinny thick, which is mm. actually so impossible, naturally. Well, yeah. surgery, so it's not real, is it? Have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, but they would deny they have surgery, so then all the teenage girls are like, why do I look like that? It's yeah. like, because it's not real. It's not possible. Yeah, um, I, I definitely yeah. think you know it's so much easier even this conversation alone i'm there like buzzing i'm just a boy like the stress and the standards that women are held out and i'll hold my hands up that i've i've fed into probably still feed into when you you know you see people's pictures on instagram and you're like that send this to a boys group chat this this that like it's one of those things, as you said, it's going to take like systematic change in schools, like society, societal views for it to properly take. And I suppose the best way to do that is just try and practice it in your own life. People will be like, and call it out when you, you, you think someone else is, you know, being disrespectful. Just as you said, just the same as you would call out someone who's homophobic nowadays or someone who said it's racist. So just be like, look, mate, you can't, you can't call someone fat. You can't, like, what? Yeah. It, that's, it's just not on. So, but on that topic then, would you say that um, there's more to be done from, do you think... Who do you think is more responsible, the girls themselves of, you know, building up their own self-esteem or do you think it's the boys knocking it down? Like, obviously, you're not, obviously, you're very, it's, it's unlikely that someone's just got low self-esteem from no trauma, no issue, no trigger 
or do you think it's always, or do you think there's always a trigger at some point that starts it? This is quite a genuine question because I'm, I'm not sure from your experience with helping people, like, do you find some people are just low just for completely they're getting their own heads or there's always a trigger or a point or a trauma in someone's life? Yeah, I think that's what I would, you know, even though um, that's what I was trying to touch on with um, that particular age group and yeah. boys coming into it is because of that at that time in your life, you do think that boys' opinions um, are the be-all and end-all. And you do think that um, being attractive is where your success lies because that's what you've been told. But once you start learning that, actually, you know, male opinions are completely irrelevant to um how you view yourself um but still then um uh, a lot of then women or femme people um are still upholding those standards the stand like i'm not trying to say at all that this is an issue about the, the, about men yeah, this is yeah, an issue yeah. about yeah. everyone um and there are a lot of men who struggle with their body image as well like you said before body dysmorphia can be to do with how um some people are completely obsessed with the gym and they'll now be struggling in lockdown because they can't go to the gym and it's not just the you know the other benefits of being active and your mental health but actually they're scared about their body changing um, and they're terrified to lose that because they've upheld themselves to this standard and they think it's going to change who they are because their self-esteem is held in that yeah so it's really important for people to work on their internal self-esteem because then your internal doesn't change. It only changes as you change. Yeah. Um, so I could put on three stone tomorrow and I'm still me. Mm. I'm still me. I'm just three stone heavier. You mm. know, it won't be my body that I've had for the past year or whatever. So I might need a bit of time to adjust to it. Um, but I'm not going to hate myself because it's still me on the inside because I've worked very hard for my internal self-esteem. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, yeah, it does. I, I agree with that. I think it sounds like we can educate people in schools, boys and girls, and we can do all these things, but there's still going to be issues that keep coming up. Whereas you can be a successful 35 year old male who works in the finance industry, but might not be happy with his body. I think, like you say, Annie, internalize your like just make yourself happy is what I would say try and find like a happiness of and an acceptance of who you are who you are within and then if you do want to change the way you appear or you know and all these different kind of things I think you can do that with a more positive outset and outlook on that like you're not doing it because there's a pressure from society you're doing that because you actually genuinely want to do that and you're probably yeah yeah you're probably more going to be more likely sorry to be successful in achieving quote-unquote the body that you want or whatever it is I think it's definitely a more inside thing because you can't control what happens outside because there's going to be people that have gone through trauma and are going to end up bullying people and they're going to say things to you but you need to kind of be like okay I'm happy with who I am so what they say or do isn't going to affect me that's that's what I would say on that one Definitely. It's like, even like, um, you know, I think plastic surgeries come a lot more, become a lot more normalized. And, you know, people, you know, a lot of people where we're from are having lip fillers and things. And I'm not anti-plastic surgery. What I am is anti-society that tells you you need to change because you're an issue or you're ugly. So I think anyone should make whatever decisions they want if they are making the decision that it's for them and they just just going to make them happier. Not that my life's going to change once I change myself. Um, and that's kind of the difference 
agree. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. That is bloody good stuff. This has been I've, been, I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, I suppose my last point is uh, to ask on. I don't know if Vic has anything else. Is you or with your page, you, you're quite strong with you know. Um, uh, feminism and that and other things touching on that would you what would you say to someone like myself who uh, doesn't have much idea of like what like the actual goals or what feminism really is obviously we hear the words in the um, news and that and what what role can males play in supporting that without you know taking away from the actual movement of feminism um, so like any movement, um, we need allies because at the end of the day, the root car- the root issues of any movement are the oppressors is probably the best word for it. Um, you know, the same way that in an anti-racism movement, you know, it's, it's, it's white supremacy. White people have to make the change, otherwise it will never change. Yeah. So it has to start at the root. So in terms of feminism and sort of like equality, um, intersectional feminism is, you know, is what I try to do some of with my platform. So and that? that's a mixture of everything. It's like, pardon? What's, what's intersect? You might have to Google the exact definition, but I'll yeah, do yeah. my own little one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intersectional, intersectional feminism is a more inclusive feminism. So it's not white feminism. It's not... Um, excluding anyone who's LGBTQ, intersectional is basically inclusive and it's looking at the intersections of life. So you might have body privilege, but you don't have financial privilege, or you might have racial, you know, racial privilege, but you don't have class privilege. Or does that make sense? Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. looking at life is more complex than this and this. Yeah. It's yeah it's looking at the intersections of where we are in society and what experiences we might have had in our past. So how um, do you then apply that so, to feminism? So, so within feminism, that's working to, to dismantle different things. Um, so it's wanting um, trans rights. So there's, there's, uh, I'm going to get so complicated now. There's a movement um, of people called TERFs um, and they are um, often lesbian women who don't believe trans women are women. So they would not be an intersectional feminist um, or there's some feminists that think it should just, you can only have valid feminism if you're white and you're thin. Again, not intersectional. Okay, Um, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So feminism really just spreads across a massive... It's not just about equality for men and women. It's about um, challenging different inequalities. So it's looking at um, LGBTQ plus issues. It's looking at uh, race issues. It's looking at class issues. Um, so <clears throat> it really it is more just about general social injustice. Mm. Um, and then it's... And then I suppose the more female oriented oriented side of it is trying to um, make the world a safer place for women. It's one inequality for women across the globe. You know, I have a lot of equal rights in the UK, 
But yeah. if I'd been born in a different country, I might not have. I might have had to get married to a fully grown man when I was 14. Or I might have had to work in a sweatshop. There's all those different layers to feminism. So I think it's sad that um, <clears throat> there's been this like big thing over feminism, like, oh, feminists hate men and all this kind of stuff. It's not true. Like, you know, a, majority, a lot of feminisms are dating men or marrying men. Like, yeah. they don't hate men. Yeah. Um, they hate misogyny. Um, and misogyny does often come from um, men, but it doesn't have to. And I'd love to hear more men just getting involved, following different feminists, listening, amplifying their voices, sharing their stuff on their story. Like, um, a guy from our year messaged me like, last year and said just how much he appreciated my page and like everything I was doing and they've been following me for ages and I had no idea and I was like oh my gosh that was so touching to me to hear like because I know that my audience is mostly LGBTQ and female so it meant a lot to me that like straight guys uh, you know getting something from it because that's yeah, important yeah. And I want them to be a part of the conversation and not feel ostracized. Mm. Yeah. I'd say I, I would say that's a um, for anyone who is uh, interested in you know looking Annie's page is a very easy uh, way to get engaged because to begin with like at first I didn't I just didn't get it like the whole feminism everything even the explanation you give there is enlightened me again and I think as you said it is one of those things where just understanding and if you just approach everything with an open mind to listen to uh listen to like the issues you're trying the the issues you're trying to like fight against and i think again with any sort of uh, inequalities or injustice most of the time it just comes from bas basic basic ignorance where you're just you're, you're just unaware to the or it just hasn't affected you so mm -hmm. you're just unaware com completely so even as you said with yourself you have certain privileges we all had cer certain privileges is you Vic will experience different racial abuse than I will experience, but and a female will, ex will experience different sexism or discrimination or prejudice than I would ever experience. So, I think just being a listening ear, um, trying to, you know, be sensitive and not dismiss what people are complaining about because it's so easy as a man to just be like, oh, that's just bants. We don't like boys are just joking. Oh, it's not that deep. Oh, what is like, oh, that's just the culture. Like, as you said, even with um, a 14 year old marrying, you know, a grown man, it, it has got to the point where you're like, oh, that's just the culture. That's that, that's that. But it's, it's, it is a big issue like for women. And I never put myself in that those shoes because I'd be like, oh, it wouldn't affect me. But literally you saying it then made me think like, oh yeah, like I agree with that. So imagine all the other stuff I would agree with as well that you you raise. But uh, Vicky, you had a question? Um, I forgot my question, but what <laughs> I wanted to add to that was... Um, just in general from some comments made earlier, I think what we've been speaking about today is that it's a complete societal thing. I think it's not just who's responsible here or who's responsible there. I think everyone has a responsibility to make a change for better. And I think with for body shaming or all these different things and uh, feminism and stuff, I think people need to just, like you said, oh, it's just pants. Well, it's not about what you're doing and what you think about it. It's about what you're doing and how the other person feels about it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, if everyone can try and, 
look at the other person's perspective and understand where they're coming from. It's, it's really easy to do that. It's just a conversation. So if more people can do that um, and more people can understand other people's situations and shout, call out when something isn't right, what they think, yeah. um, hopefully the world can be a better place. That's just the last thing I'd want to add to that. Yeah, like you said there, I think we've, we've said it a few times on our podcast and whenever we, we, we discuss, it's always, I feel like, I've, once I've adapted this mindset, I think I'm, I've, I've just understood other people's uh, issues a lot more when you just think, I can't tell someone how, what offends them or what doesn't offend them. And if, ev- yeah. if everyone just lived that way, where someone said, oh, this, just listen to them, hear them, try and understand their point of view. You don't necessarily have to feel like that. It's just like how, I think, um, sorry, Annie, but uh, it's just like how with most of the stuff with the BLM stuff that I got, I got loads of messages when that kicked off, when it's like, it's like look, I don't speak for every black person. That wouldn't offend me, but I wouldn't then say to someone else to be like, oh, if you call them this, they don't have a right to get offended. It's just like with different with different uh, women or different you know uh, part of lgbtq uh, plus uh, you can't you can't you know put a blanket statement saying this would offend this person this would offend that person so it's just growing as everyone complains saying the society is getting so much more sensitive this is that but yeah. i think it, it needs to because r- before it was run it was built for you know a certain demographic to be "Quote unquote superior," have be the, the you know the dominant. middle class white men yeah, essentially. Yeah, exactly. There you Untouchable. go. Yeah, you know, so... they, they might find a comedy event hilarious, but that's because no one's taking the piss out of them. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it was so funny discriminating against every other possible minority, but it's not them, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. You know, yeah. um, and that's why that's why they then call like feminists or left people, you know, people who are more leaning left, like mm. snowflakes and stuff, because mm. they actually feel attacked. Because all of a sudden they're being told that they're actually, you know, they are. It is, it is laughable some of the stuff they're up to. A lot of the yeah. stuff they're up to, but I won't get into that. Yeah. Um, I will derail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know exactly what you said as well, Vic. It's just about you know doing the little bit that you can. Next time someone sends something to the group chat, just say, actually, guys, that's kind of not cool. Like, yeah. you know, how would so and so feel? Um, or that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of men will say oh yeah but when I've got a daughter I won't do that to her or I wouldn't do that to my mum and it's like so why is your mum and your daughter human but other women aren't human Um, and it's sometimes even just like next time you hear someone say that kind of thing just say to them what are other women not human or and the thing is being more inclusive with your language or with calling things out or with being more like it benefits you in the long run in every single sense it improves your communication with women it improves the relationships that you have and it's actually going to bring you more success because you know when you're working with different all different genders all different races all different sexualities in the workplace for example you speak to someone in in a good way they're going to they're going to remember that and they're going to rate you for that and it's going to benefit you in the future like i'm kind to everyone even people who've done me wrong, I'll be kind to them. Because for me, it's like, it doesn't, the only person hate hurts is myself. Like I hate the the feeling of hate is horrible. And it it doesn't make me a stupid person. I'm very aware of like, okay, well, I don't trust them. I'll be nice to them because why, do you know what I mean? Why not? 
Yeah, so I agree. If, got, if you hate someone, it might just hurt, hurt yourself in a sense. But yeah, go on doing that. Just got a random question for you. I need that just follow up. Are you are you are you religious at all? Um, I'm not. I was brought up in uh, like a school with church values, but yeah, I do. When people ask me this, I'm like, well, I'm spiritual. Yeah, yeah. In certain ways, I think about energy and connection and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have. I think all religions at the at the base have the same values and that is yeah. kindness and listening and being open and I I kind of have those values with that I carry with me anyway. Yeah, it's, I, the only reason I ask is because I, I do remember back to school days and you haven't like, obviously you've changed in some in a lot of uh, senses um, from what I remember, but like interacting you and speaking to you, you were always, you know, the happy-go-lucky uh, girl. You're always like down for a bit of bounce. you always the, the kind, nice girl. So that's why I just thought, even speaking to you now, it just sounds like you've you've put the values, you've decided the values you have in life, how you want to treat people. And I just, I just was just interested if that was based on um, any, you know, religion or was it just something you've just decided yourself? And no, it's, it's I, I think, as you said, like they're all, all religions are based on uh, the same values. So you can easily apply that to yourself without uh, necessarily partaking in quote unquote religion. Yeah, I appreciate that, David. That's a really nice thing to hear. Um, And that's just like, as well, the way my mum brought me up, just respect Mm. everyone, Mm. treat people equally and just like be nice to people. And as well, a lot of the time, um, nasty comments, bullying, putting other people down, it comes from a place of low self-esteem. And we've normalised that. And actually being good to people, it makes you feel better about yourself. It it never, it's, it's actually like, to put other people down to make you feel better about yourself. It just makes you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. Um, so. No, well, Annie, brilliant. It was a absolute blast having you on the podcast. I would say personally for myself, I have literally learned so much from this conversation. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. This is one of the, the best podcasts, if not the like most engaged I've been in a, in a podcast. So thank you very much for coming on. I don't know if Vic has any words before I, I round up. No, that's it. I just found it uh, really, just really good conversation. A good way to start the week. Um, I think there's probably more for us to talk about in the future point. So based on the way this has gone and he will definitely have you again uh, it's probably some point this year um, hopefully like there's like a topic conversation that comes up that we can talk about maybe Piers will go off on another rant or something but <laughs> it's been amazing uh, and um, we'll look forward to having you on definitely Annie so Annie do you want to tell, the, tell our listeners where they can find you all your socials all that kind of stuff all the socials um, actually I only use Instagram as a public platform so you can find me there and um, this, uh, so that's Annie Weird Smith, or one word. Mm. Um, and on there, there's like a link as well to any YouTube videos and articles I've written. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I just want to say I really appreciate what you guys are doing with, with this podcast. Um, and thanks to anyone that's listened. Um, it's, yeah, good combos yeah so thank you everyone for listening thank you again Annie for coming on um, again we're, we're doing well uh, bringing them out every week so we'll continue doing that for you guys uh, th- thank you so much for listening uh, look out for the, um, the the pod next week and everything um, see you next week follow us at Off White Boys